even before St. Augustus wrote it down explicitly, pride was still considered the worst of the seven and before that eight great sins. And I've always wondered, but why? Isn't killing worse theft? So as I delve deeper into the subject, the Asian scholars pretty much have four main points about it. The first one is that we look at the imperfections of others in order to hide ours and feel better about ourselves. The second one is that proud people feel naturally inferior to other people and they are proud so they do not see themselves so low as the other people. The third point is that people who commit the sin of fright somehow do not accept themselves. And the last one is that proud people are obsessed with themselves. Especially when I read the last fourth point, I was like, what? How are you going to be the best version of yourself if you're not obsessed with yourself? It's widely accepted that you should be the best version of yourself, right? Every motivational speaker, athlete, celebrity, everyone who's given some sort of a platform to speak on says that you should be the best version of yourself. But how can this happen if you're not obsessed with yourself? If you have a goal to be the best version of yourself, you should put every sweat every ounce of effort into becoming the best version of yourself. That is pretty much the definition of obsession, isn't it? So how does this work? And then I met the work of Arthur Schopenhauer, which is a person I deeply respect. I think he's an extremely clever individual. And for me, he pretty much debunks the other three points. He separates pride into two main things. First is people who are proud of the things they have achieved in the real world. So much what they have achieved, done, contributed to the world. Second is the people who are proud of something given to them, like their nationality, their skin color, their height, their money from inheritance and stuff like that. So the people who have actual achievements through their conscious effort have built building blocks, built stairs, which have lifted them up above the others. So the reason they look down upon people who have not achieved these things and they look mostly up on themselves, they see themselves higher because they have done that. They have lifted themselves up. While the other people who are proud of their height, their skin color, gender, money, inheritance, whatever, they see the other people as from different race, from different nationality. So they see that the others are below them. Do you understand what I'm talking about? They have some qualities given to them and they instantly portray the opposite qualities on the people who have them and 
they say that that makes them inferior and they look down upon them. For example, you could say that when there was racism, white people looked down upon black people just because of their skin color. That is a scene of pride from the second class and I think that that is what a lot of the Asian scholars, St. Augustus included, talked about. And also something which a lot of people mention is that for the first part, the first scene, types of scene of pride, people who feel they have achieved something actually haven't done that much. For example, oh, you won the marathon, but the other person slipped, or you had better coaches, the weather was in your favor. Basically, people say that there are too many external factors so that your conscious effort isn't that big of a deal compared to everything. You may think that it's 99%, but in reality it's maybe 19. So my answer to that is that even if it's not all of it is all of it is our fault, this 19% is still our fault. If the other person who did 1% did those 19%, he would have been on the same level as me. So what still separates me from the lazy person who did 1% is still my effort. So it's pretty much irrelevant because what luck and external factors are involved, they can be just be considered as a background noise. So they can be ignored because they're effectively the same for everybody. Do you know what my favorite gambling game is? I do not like slots, roulettes. Blackjack. The only game I like is poker. Because in poker you actually have control over things. And poker is a great analogy for what I'm talking about. Say those luck and external factors are the cards dealt to you. Some people get two aces. Maybe they're six foot six. Born in a rich family, have connections or whatever. Handsome. And some people are dealt, let's say, a two and a three. They're ugly, short, born in a poor country, in poverty. And the world is the playing field. There are five cards. And who wins? Yes, it is determined a little bit by luck, by the aces. But if you play your cards right, and consider the environment sorry guys just some females calling me but no it's of course where was I yeah the poker analogy if you play your cards right you can still be the person with the two aces so the champion who won the poker tournament is still the most skillful player and the, should be the most respected. Because he beat everyone, there was luck for him. Yes, he was dealt aces, but sometimes he was dealt a two and a three. 
he was maybe six foot six, but in some areas that is not beneficial. You need to be smaller. So he still, through his effort, won the poker tournament. So he's the most skillful and he should be the most admired and put on a pedestal and not the others. And that's life. In some areas you have luck, in some areas you do not have. It's all about how you play those cards. When in a physics competition I encountered a problem very similar to the ones I've sold, it wasn't, oh yeah, I'm so lucky. It was like, no. I busted my ass off, I solved every possible problem out there and now I'm rewarded by getting a similar problem because if I did not put that effort in solving all these problems, now I would not know how to solve it. So it was because of me that I won, not because of some luck. I make my own luck. And I'm making this video partly because of my personal situation. Pretty recently in the book of my life, I decided that I was going to be the greatest keeper in the world. The best keeper, goalkeeper in the world. So some people close to me said, Oh, but you cannot say that. It will never happen. It, it, it's such a big thing to say. It, it, you started football so late. You cannot do it. What? At first, I was nobody. Then I started training Taekwondo. At first, I was bad. Thanks, of course, to my wonderful coach and teammates and my effort, I became good. I won medals at international competitions. Then I decided to do some physics. When I walked in my school, best school in the world, I was pretty much the dumbest person in the room. Everyone had more experience and knowledge and abilities in math, physics, chemistry, you name the science. And at first they were kicking my ass in every competition. Every competition. Let alone the people from... The other people from the country. Some of them were pretty good. So when I saw that I wasn't the best, I decided that I was gonna bust my ass off and become the best. And that's what I did. In this room, the room I walked in, I walked out of the room five years later as the best physicist in that room. Now I have a medal in every competition a Bulgarian can participate in. And I'm the first person in, I don't know, how many years to beat a Chinese person at an international physics competition. And knowing how hard the Chinese work, I think that it may last several years. I am proud of what I did. And my name is now in the history sheets, not books. So now when I pe tell people that I'm gonna be an internationally recognized star in football, the best goalkeeper in the world. They're saying no. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Imagine there is a football game. 
and someone just scored two goals. And the coach and the defenders all say, oh, no, 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 do not mark him, leave him alone. He will never score a third goal. He will never get his hat-trick. No, there is no point in doing that. Right? It's insane. No one, even if, even if it's the worst player in the league, when they get two goals, everyone's thinking, ah, fuck. Is that day of the way where this crap guy actually knows how to play? So we have to mark this. Put the best defenders out there to guard him. We cannot let this motherfucker score three goals on us. This useless prick to get a hat-trick. No, we should do everything to guard him. But somehow, when I show my receipts that I've already done things in Taekwondo, already done things in physics, People do not believe that I can score the hat-trick with football? What? <laughs> Am I the only one who's seeing this? It's insane! It's literally the irrational decision. And it's also, if you bet on me, it's a risk-free bet. Because if I pull it off, which I will become the best goalkeeper in the world. I say that with full confidence in me, my abilities, and what I will do. I will feel obligated to pay it back somehow. Maybe I'll give you money, maybe I'll tutor your kids, maybe, I don't know. I'll do something for you. You will have a problem, I will feel obligated, obliged, and... I would want to solve this problem for you because I would regret it. I feel that I have to give it back to you somehow. Just how you take care of your family, for example. They've raised you and when they're old, you take care of them. So if you bet on me, you will receive infinite amount of goods in return. And if you bet against me, like if you just say me you're not gonna do it, and even if I do not do it, which will never happen, but let's say in a, if it was another person, not me. What? You will not get anything in return? Like what? <laughs> it's literally the irrational decision. So About pride and humbleness, I would like to end my speech with a quote from the person who all aspiring and current rich people dream about. Benjamin Franklin, the Thunderboy. And it, it goes as follows. Even if I was the most humble person in the world, I would still be proud of that. And I know I said this though I did, but it just crossed my mind. If every person who wanted to be great and achieve something deliberately said it out in the world, declared it like I do, then the people with fire in their blood are gonna meet themselves and develop a community. Community of people who do great things together. Because a team of people performs better than 
each single person individually. So what's the point in being secretly humble? Oh no, they're gonna say that I'm I'm selfish, I'm too egotistical, oh no. What? Declare to yourself, to the world, to everybody. I want to be great. I want my name to be known for ages. And the people who feel the same way, who think the same way, who want to be great as well, will listen to you, will check upon your receipts, whether you actually are about it, hard work individual, and they're going to want to join you. So that's how you will find, find the best possible friends out there. The people on the same mission as you. It's not even that hard. 